Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Well, there you go. The tune that brings us in every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock or just a little bit thereafter. Bruce Springsteen and 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Uh, the freeze out is over. We survived the snow, or most of us. I mean, if you remember last week, it was uh, what it was snow up to the halfway point on the door, and uh, it was uh, brutal. But it was fun. The snow was fun. I, I dug it. Good morning, everybody. Good morning to you, near and far, far and wide, and Whichever metric you use to measure where the heck you are this morning, it's a Saturday morning. It's another edition of Drive Time Radio. I am your congenial host, New York Vinny. We get together here every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, along with uh, our producer engineer, Nathan. Nathan, good morning. Good morning, Vinny. Uh, Nathan makes things uh, work. As a matter of fact, it was Nathan that reminded me just moments ago that we should get on Facebook Live, where uh, many of you... Uh, get the show and get a chance to listen to the show that way. Unfortunately, you wind up seeing my mug, which uh, isn't a beautiful thing uh, many times. But hey, you know, sometimes uh, that's the way it goes. You have to take the bad with the good, right? (laughs) Oh, yes, a very busy week in the world of... uh, automotive and in the world just in the world in general i mean between the snow and 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 everything to start the week out and then as you move through you had this uh, spectacular landing on mars on thursday which i you know listen it's not that we haven't done it before because we have and it's not that uh you know you can make all of these arguments of look at the suffering here on earth and look at what's going on here we ought to take care of our own backyard before we go try to mess up somebody else's planet and uh, to a certain extent i agree with that but yet there is there is something about uh that trip into space that launch uh that landing that captures uh the pioneering spirit, I don't know what you want to call it, it captures something inside of you and and makes you watch in awe that we are so far away and here we are driving a car around Mars. I mean, you think of how many billions of years it was before we drove a car around the Earth and here we are just a few million years into it driving this, uh, this rover, uh, this little car now equipped with a helicopter uh, around the surface of Mars. I mean, it boggles the mind. I I wonder sometimes what Henry Ford would say, what uh, the great uh, automotive pioneers, Daimler, and and, uh, all of the people who, you know, toiled in their garage to build um, something that would motivate itself, whether it be electric, whether it be gas, no matter what it was, uh, if they could be here to see, I mean, I don't think in, in his wildest dreams, Henry Ford ever sat there and said, gee, one day one of these things is going to be driving around on Mars. I, you know, people didn't, I don't know if they thought that way back then. I mean, they might have looked at the moon and said, boy, someday man will go there because you can see it, it's 240,000 miles away. Uh, that's a, you know, that's a Sunday afternoon drive for my father. But uh, the fact that uh, we did it, and we're there, and and please, people, don't put in, a, in a, the emails, in the comments, that you don't believe it's really happening, it's just a, you know, a fake thing, it's a, Produced in a studio or something like that. I mean, I saw those and I scratched my head and just say, hey, I, I saw the same movie and Wag the Dog, you know, same same thing. But uh, if you want to believe those conspiracy theories, go ahead. Not on my watch, though. Thank you. Um, but the achievement of that and the way it relates to automotive, the way it, because it is truly... 
automotive. It's moving uh, itself along on independent energy. The vehicle, to me, is fascinating. Uh, Number one, the fact that you can drive it from Earth, send radio signals to Mars, that you actually can um, propel it, make it go where you want it to go. I mean, there's a whole lot of drivers on 405 that can't get their cars to go where they want to go. And here we are uh, in this room in, in Pasadena, I think that's where the, the control center is at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena. I know that's where it was. The, the rover was built in Pasadena. And here they are driving this thing around. And I'm looking at the, as it's landing, I'm looking at the sea of people that are in this room. And, you know, if you're old enough to remember, uh, as I am, when they used to land these things um uh, you know, or go up into space. It was a bunch of, of of men with crew cuts, smoking cigarettes and in short sleeve white shirts. And those were the voices of the mission. And those were the people who engineered this thing. Uh, those were the people who built it uh, from Grumman and the different uh, and Lockhart and all these uh, Lockheed, I should say, and all these different companies. Boeing, obviously. And now, you look up and there's this. Um, this sea of diverse faces, men, women, different countries, uh, different races. It's just, it's a tribute to, um, you know, people who, who study hard, who get an education, and who look at science and say, this is, you know, this is reality. This is what we have on our hands. This is what we, as a country, as a nation, as a people's, must deal with uh, just, just a, a spectacular a spectacular day thursday for automotive moving yourself the lunar rover is um uh, as i said was built at the jet propulsion laboratory uh with many people from many different uh, disciplines getting together and it was sent to Mars to uh, take a look at uh, this um, land area called Jezero, I think is the way uh, they pronounce it. If you're British, it may um, be a little bit different, but uh, it's this fascinating area that's just not too far from uh, where this vehicle landed, and the vehicle itself is being propelled by this power um, source that the U.S. Department of Energy has loaned to the JPL. It's something that scientists here in America uh, have been working on for a long time. And uh, so that propels it. Uh, I'm thinking it's solar charges and everything and gets the uh, batteries recharged from the sun. And you go from there. And it has uh, Perseverance as just an incredible amount of equipment on it. Uh, it's got a camera that helps study surface minerals. It has a uh, sensor built by uh, Spain to um, measure temperature, wind speed, direction. Uh, it has an oxygen-producing machine on board so that uh, theoretically... If this experiment, and this is all experimental stuff, obviously, it'll, it'll produce oxygen on Mars. As we know, we need oxygen to live. It has an X-ray spectrometer to examine uh, the, the minerals and things that it finds. The Norwegians have contributed uh, with a thing called RIMFAX. It's a ground-penetrating radar that will map geology beneath the surface at um, at different scales. So in other words, it, it's going to look right through the ground on Mars and tell you uh, a little bit about what's going on under there. Um, you can hunt for organics and minerals. It has a, a, a thing called Sherlock and Supercam, which 
examines rocks and soil with a camera, a laser, and spectrometers to look for organic compounds. It also has a helicopter. The only thing I didn't notice in looking at this thing is if it has a spare tire. But then again, if it got a flat, who'd be there to change it? I'm sure that maybe they could uh, jury rig one of these arms to do something. But uh, again, if, if you look at this thing, how can you not be proud? And I think you see, uh, in many ways, some of the things that will uh, work their way into cars in the future, in the control units and so on and so forth, and many things that are there already. I mean, the fact that somebody is sitting in a room controlling cars, a car, is not a, um, you know, it's not a far-fetched idea. As a matter of fact, in some places, it's, it's kind of normal. It doesn't feel as if um, it's it's um, out of bounds at all or something that's uh, science fiction of, at all. It feels like it's now, you know, pretty soon we'll be getting our Domino's pizza delivery by a guy who's sitting, you know, in a room somewhere and controlling a car through the streets of your neighborhood. So that, to me, was... Um, one of the most exciting things that uh, that happened this week in automotive. Uh, when we come back, we will talk a little bit about the uh, Consumer Reports survey of the most dependable cars out there, the best cars out there. And uh, there's a car that we have been here on Drive Time Radio touting up for a long time. We love this car, this brand of car, because they make cars that are uh, fun to drive. And uh, they came out in a surprising spot on the list. So we will get to that. Uh, we have the cartoon coming up for you this morning. We have Yo Vinny, what are you driving this week? And, of course, our review. We will uh, go back and take a look at the Lexus LX570, which I got to tell you, man, took me through the snow. I don't know if it's the best uh, big SUV that you can buy out there uh, or if it's worth the money you have to spend for it. We'll examine that a little bit more, but let me tell you, man, it it took me through the snow, through the sleet, through the ice, through everything with no problem whatsoever. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about auto insurance as well. So we got all of that coming up for you in a very packed edition of Drive Time. I'm your congenial host, New York Vinny. And we will be right back as uh, we work our way through a Saturday morning here on 1150 KKNW. It's new. It's new. It's new. The new, new 62 Lark by Studebaker. With big car comfort at compact prices. New. Highest, widest doors of all. New, big, sofa-soft, deep padded seats. New, thick, rich pile rugs and flat flush floors with no trip over sill. New, lock limousine, stretch out room, big car comfort at a compact price. New, giant lock trunks, almost 17 cubic feet of cargo space. New, Big 15-inch wheels give you new riding comfort and surprise. New fresh styling in the big, wide, wonderful line of Larks from Studebaker. Two new Lark Daytonas, America's newest action car in hardtop and convertible style. With bucket seats, very sporty. A companion console compartment, very spiffy. Available too, four-speed transmission for exhilarating performance. Now enter. The most luxurious car you'll find in the compact price range. The Lark Cruiser. More room and luxury than you'll find in most cars. Here's the new 62 Lark Hardtop with sliding sunroof. Available on all Lark sedans and hardtops. Simply beautiful. Just peek inside. Look at these big, loungy limousine seats and thick pile rugs. Here's the new Lark Convertible. All dialed up with new 62 styling. There's big wagon room in the new 62 lock wagon, too. Look at that enormous cargo space. Please be sure to see and test drive all the exciting new 62 locks at your Studebaker dealer with big car comfort at compact prices. And remember, 
They're endurance built by Studebaker. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp. That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. There you go. Little Jackson Brown to start the segment off. Running on empty, which is... Are you one of those people like me? I know this is weird, and it's why I never got a pilot's license. By the way, it's Drive Time Radio here on 1150 KKNW. One of the reasons I never went out and got a pilot's license, and I've always thought flying would be a groovy thing, is I have this weird thing where I always let the fuel gauge run as far down empty as I possibly can before I fill up. Not all the time, but uh, and I do it less now than I used to. But when I was younger, I definitely did it. I definitely did it a lot. And, uh, you know, I've run out of gas in some pretty bizarre places because of that. But it also stopped me from, uh, from getting a pilot's license. Uh, you know, because here you run out of gas, you go over the side of the road uh, there... It's, you know, it's, it's come down. It's like, boom, crash. You know, it's, there's no uh, there's no call in AAA. There's no, but but I've done that uh, many times. I think the last time I did it was on Thanksgiving morning uh, a few years ago. Uh, I was driving from Pittsburgh to New York uh, to be with family and ran out of gas in, uh, in um, boy, right by Roadside America in Pennsylvania, near Kutztown, Pennsylvania. And had to wait on the side of the road for them to come with a gas can. And, and you know, just, just a totally stupid thing. I mean, it's really, if you think about it, it's, it's sick. It's really a stupid thing. But I don't know that I'm the only one that does that. I think there's actually people that do, besides me, um, you know, let that, let that gas gauge run down as far as it can. You know, you, you, you kind of... You white knuckle it into the uh, into the gas station. If you get there, you're going, whoa, man, you know, huh? I made it, you know. And, and you make it more times than not, but still, still. All right, um, Consumer Reports. I love Consumer Reports. I love reading their, um, you know, all of their stuff. I think they're uh, pretty accurate when it comes to judging and looking at cars. And they do something that that we don't get a chance to. See, when I get cars to test, I'm provided the car uh, by the company. And I get it for a week. I test it. I put it through all these different tests that I do um, that I think represents how an average person uses a car. And then at the end of the week, as you see in the videos, we pack it up, and it goes back to the manufacturer. Consumer Reports does it a bit differently. They buy the cars. And so they're not beholden to a manufacturer. Not that I'm saying we're beholden to manufacturers, but, you know, it's um, certainly, it's a relationship that you, um, you know, that, that, that can be questioned at times. Where with Consumer Reports, there's no question. They don't accept trips from the manufacturers. They don't go to look at different cars. They are straight up. Um, and they keep the cars. And they test them. And it, so they can come up with things like reliability surveys. And longer term use. You know, how does a... a I don't know, how does an LX570 do, um, you know, six months down the road, a year down the road? I think they keep them about a year, two years, something like that. So Consumer Reports has the budget and the money and the um, uh, ability to do that because you pay to go on their website, you buy the magazines, they're very reliable, they have a reputation. Um, and they do what, in many cases, the, uh, you know, the, the, the car magazines and so on and so forth don't do. What I do is when I rate a car, when I look at a car, 
I I go and I read the reliability reports. I read the, read the J.D. Power and Consumer Reports. I subscribe to them and, you know, different, uh, different uh, you know, look at the uh, recalls. There's a couple of really good websites. So I try to factor that in when I tell people to buy a car or recommend a certain car or do a review on a car. But this is part of the research. Let me tell you something. If you're going to go out and buy a car, a, um, I don't know, what is it, 50 bucks to join Consumer Reports and you get access to all of their information, not a bad investment to take a look at what that car uh, that we're touting so well because it has the this, the that, the other thing, is, um, is doing a year down the road. And how is that uh, brand-new electric curb feeler uh, working out in a snowstorm or in adverse conditions or in a heat storm or, or whatever it is? So uh, Consumer Reports, and I find uh, Consumer Reports to be very reliable. We've had people from them on the show before. We'll continue to have people from Consumer Reports on the show. But they have released their uh, what car brands make the best vehicle and I will give you the top uh, six here actually I'll give you the top ten because I feel lucky in that we tout many of the uh, top ten vehicles on the survey number ten is Hyundai I'm a little surprised I would have thought that they showed up a little bit better in the survey uh, but for some reason, they've gone down a couple of slots, but still a great car. And what Hyundai does, too, which I find is, is very good, is they back it up with a 100,000-mile or 10-year warranty. So if something goes wrong with that car, uh, powertrain, so on and so forth, you can take it back to Hyundai, and they take care of it for you. So it gives you a bit of an insurance policy. There. Number nine is Buick. That was the highest-ranking General Motors car. And it's something that we've been saying for a long time, that if you're in a market for a uh, an SUV, a car, you know, a, a crossover, and you don't look at Buick, you're selling yourself short. Uh, Chrysler, on the strength of uh, the minivan, the Pacifica, uh, I believe, uh, comes in, uh, well, I know they come in at number eight. And they moved up a couple of slots. Uh, Toyota is at seven. Lexus at six. They've gone down Lexus' slot. Honda, which is about the most reliable car you can buy. I mean, ask anybody that owns a Honda and they'll tell you that that car is is bulletproof. Uh, there's not many things besides the, uh, the timing chains, uh, you know, the timing gears. Uh, they go wrong with those cars. If you replace them, they run forever. And there isn't a Honda that I've driven uh, that I haven't liked. Now, is it a blander car than many? Yes. It's um, in their straight form, in, in their consumer off the showroom floor kind of form. If we don't go out, and you get a don't get a, a, a you know a performance version. It's like an appliance. But the Honda Odyssey minivan uh, that I drove a couple of weeks ago, we reviewed it, I think, last week, I would find it very hard to find a better minivan. The only thing that holds the Honda Odyssey back, here in the Northwest especially, is that it doesn't have a hybrid, and it doesn't have all-wheel drive. And its main competitors, Toyota and Chrysler, do. And there's something about all-wheel drive here in the Northwest. People feel that it is, um, you know, for the type of weather weather we get up here, uh, a better deal to to uh, to have that in your vehicle. So, um, Porsche or Porsche, uh, for my friend Lee, uh, uh, back in Mount Lebanon, uh, it's a Porsche. Uh, that comes in at number four, down some slots this year. And I don't know if that's because um, 
Uh, they're still fiddling with um, a couple of their newer models, especially the uh, the Taycan. I believe they are um, still, you know, trying to get it uh, get it right. I think it was more uh, computer programming glitches uh, than anything else on that car. Number three is Subaru. And um, we've talked about Subaru before many times on this show. Uh, I, I love the Subarus. I put my ex-wife in one uh, as far as safety and uh, stability and uh, reliability. Hard to find anything better, but not impossible. Because BMW comes in at number six. And uh, listen, BMW is a great car. I mean, you drive a BMW, you're driving something. You pay the price for it, though. Uh, go to take a car to a BMW mechanic, and you better take your oxygen and your defibrillator with you. Because it's going to cost you to fix it if anything goes wrong. And, uh, but... If you like, like most of these cars, like all of these cars, really, if you maintain it the way that the manufacturer recommends, or even a little bit better than the manufacturer recommends, I think you'll find that it'll give you hundreds of thousands of miles of good service. And the number one car in uh, in in the Consumer Report best vehicles is Mazda. You want to applaud now, Nathan, or later? I've been applauding all this time since you told me about it a little bit earlier. Very happy okay. to hear that Mazda made it to the top. And when I purchased a vehicle a few years ago, that sounds like I made a really good choice in the one I chose. Nathan, you're a wise man. I, I tell everybody I meet, I say, Nathan, listen to our show. I just hold down the fort for Nathan. Uh, yes, Mazda, uh, coming in at number one, it's up three slots. Uh, it really scores high in predicted reliability, uh, owner satisfaction, and um, just all the things that you see with Mazda. Uh, it combines, they have combined the thrill of driving, the electricity of driving with safety, with um, reliability and with um, avoidance of trouble areas which means that uh, they work hard on getting the little things that bug you right and and when I got into the uh, car I'm driving this week which happens to be a monster you immediately noticed or I immediately noticed a that you sit in this car and the interior feels much better, much more thought out, much higher grade than anything else in this price class. And you spend all your time in the interior of the car. So you want it to be top grade. You want the materials to be good, soft to the touch, where applicable. Uh, you want the seats to be comfortable. You want the controls to be easy. And Mazda hits all of that. Mazda is able in all of their cars across the board to do that. The DNA of the company requires that. And uh, they really do. I mean, I think uh, a spectacular job, and we've been talking about Mazda. I've been talking about it for years and trying to get people I know to take up when they go out to buy a car in that class uh, to look at Mazda because their cars are, you know, from the little MX-5, the Miata, all the way up to the CX-9 uh, three-row SUV. There's not a bad one in the bunch. So, again, you, uh, you know, it, it's uh, congratulations to Mazda on this achievement. And uh, it, it makes me feel, I don't know, a little bit like we, uh, we knew something ahead of time. Uh, and it, you're, uh, it's kind of a little bit of a validation uh, for people that have been touting Mazda 
as a brand for a long time. Excuse me, I, I have a little uh, throat thing this morning. And I'm working on, uh, I don't know, my fourth cup of tea. Uh, just some other cars. Down the road here. Let's see what we got. Uh, Dodge came in at 14, Nissan at 13, Infinity at 12, Audi at 11. Um, uh, Cadillac at 22 was the second highest GM brand. Chevrolet at 24, Ford at 25, GMC at 26, Lincoln at 28, Jeep at 29. And uh, the final, the 32nd spot uh, on the list uh, goes to Alfa Romeo. Of course, an Italian car, right? I mean, (laughs) you know, unfortunately... Uh, they are hard to maintain. Now, there is a caveat in this report, in this article. Um, they, uh, the road test score is uh, um, 50 different tests and evaluations. And to be included on the report card, a brand must have had two models that they've tested. So Fiat, Maserati, and Ram uh, did not have the minimum number of uh, models that they tested uh, Consumer Reports this year. So that's where they stand. Uh, Use that. Go on uh, ConsumerReports.org website and check out, uh, if you're in the market for a car, check out what they're saying. They're pretty spot on when it comes to these cars and their evaluation of the long-term ownership uh, ideas in these particular cars. All right, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. we got the cartoon of the week, the Saturday morning cartoon coming up for you. You're going to love this one uh, because old Blue Eyes jumps in. All right, we'll be right back. This overheated radiator shouldn't have happened. Or this street windshield in the rain. Or this dead battery here. Shouldn't somebody check those things for you every time? Texaco dealer does, that's his promise. Your Texaco dealer not only promises to check the things everyone ought to, he'll double check too. He'll check your battery, double check the battery cables, check your oil, double check the fan belt, check your radiator, double check the radiator cap, clean your windshield, and double check the wiper blades. What's more, your Texaco dealer's service and courtesy includes a smile and a thank you. That's his promise. You can trust your car to the man who wears the star, the big, bright Texaco star. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. All right, Drive Time Radio right here on 1150 KKNW. Back with you. It is uh, time for our Saturday morning cartoon. And every Saturday morning, because cars and music go together so well, I mean, let's face it, uh, everybody likes to drive along. I, I was surprised, actually, when I look back at the uh, number of, of tunes uh, that I've played. We have endeavored not to play the same tune twice on a Saturday morning cartoon. And uh, we have succeeded in that. I don't think we have played uh, the same tune twice in the year and change that we have uh, had this edition of the show on the air here on 1150 KKNW. See, there's one song I do know we played twice. That was Electric Car by There Will Be Giants. Or oh, they may yes. Be giants. Uh, they might be giants. Yeah, yes, they might be yes. giants. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Thank you, Nathan. Um, yeah, and so that's the only one. Because I look back, I must have not written that down. But uh, that's the only one we've played twice then out of, I don't know, what do we have, 75 of them? so far or something like that so we're building up quite a collection of car songs and i don't know that we've ever played this artist and which is strange to me because uh, he's one of my favorites i mean what better thing can you have on a on a saturday or a sunday morning matter of fact when i worked at uh in music radio i used to do a segment every sunday morning called bagels and blue eyes uh where we had a bagel shop uh bring in you know send bagels out we play uh Sinatra. So uh, we had to dig around a little bit, but we did find 
uh, Sinatra in a rehearsal session uh, doing a, um, uh, a great kind of improv version of the great tune from Oklahoma. And listen, before you start sending me the emails and, 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 and texts and stuff like that, I know a Surrey is a horseless carriage, but if you look back into the history of cars, you will find that the first cars were Surreys uh, that somebody slapped the motor into. Very popular at the turn of the century. So here we go. Here, here we go. Here's Old Blue Eyes from the musical Oklahoma and Surrey with the fringe on top. Swing it, Old Blue Eyes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I could spend hours just listening to Sinatra and just the way he uh, he goes through these songs. Takes a you know beautiful song like Surrey with the Fringe on Top. I mean, who hasn't seen Oklahoma? And it was at the Gordon McRae singing the Shirley Jones. I mean, it's you know just a spectacular uh, movie. Uh, Rogers and Hammerstein writing the uh, uh, the music and uh, take it and. Just swing with it, baby. Swing with it. What a, what a song, what a voice, what a, a career. Frank Sinatra and his Surrey with the fringe on top for our Saturday morning cartoon here on 1150 KKNW. Why do we do it? Because cars and music go together so well. Nathan, do you have a question that you'd like to ask me? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> I just had to this week. <laughs> And you I know, think you I was, know why. Yeah, I wasn't going to tell you. I was just going to kind of spring it on you. And I, said, I don't want to give the kid a heart attack. It's something you know? I've been long waiting for. Long and waiting many for. car enthusiasts have been, for the matter of yes. fact. Yes. We've got to get you into this car, Nathan. We gotta get, I, I mean, we got to figure out something where we, where we get together and we, we, we give you a ride, you know, let you take it for a, a, a ride and... and uh, I want I want the Nathan take on this car because you own one. What year year is yours? Uh, 2017. Yeah, so you're a couple of years old, but uh, it's still really the same basic car except uh, the Mazda three, uh, long awaited for by as Nathan said by enthusiasts of Mazda and really many small cars uh, because they're sick of getting blown away by Honda Civics uh, now. Um, includes a two point was it two point five turbo if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Two point five. Uh, yeah, two point five cranks at about two hundred and fifty horsepower. Uh, and you can buy it with a manual. Now, I don't have the manual. I have the automatic. Uh, you can only get the manual in the premium hatchback uh, trim. Uh, and and the car would go to the top of my list because you could buy a manual in it. Uh, that's an ever um, decreasing number of vehicles that you can get one in, uh, but uh, nonetheless, this little uh, this little four door sedan is quick with a capital Q. I mean, you talk about a quick, fun to drive little car. Now, I haven't had it too much out of the city. We're gonna take it for a nice long ride today uh, up uh, up north. I think uh, I'm heading and. It is. Um, it's a spectacular little car. Uh, it, it, as I said, it, it. We talked about it before. Mazda has come up with the right combination of uh, power, of um, a torquiness, of a suspension that makes you feel the road enough that you're engaged with the car when you drive it, and uh, a premium uh, interior materials, well thought out cabins. Uh, extremely comfortable seats. I mean, the only, the only thing, and I don't know, Nathan, if you real, if you have this with your car, you do have to stretch a little to get into it. I mean, you have to kind of, you know, the roof comes down a little bit. You kind of have to scrunch a little bit to get into it. But I don't know if that's me or you, because you're, what, about 7'2"? Uh, <laughs> Seems like it, doesn't it? <laughs> now, I think uh, Mazdas actually ride a little bit lower to the ground, so especially their uh, sedans. So it would make sense why it it seems yeah. like you are, but I mean they still have the head clearance on the inside because I'm able to fit in one with a sunroof, and that takes away from the headroom as well. Yeah, once you yeah once you get in, you're okay. 
It's just there's a little bit of a scrunch, but again, if you are an average size person, which I guess is what, five eight and a half, five nine, you know, uh, uh, let's say 200 pounds for the you know, sake of argument, um, I think you're going to get in and out of this thing uh, fairly well. And once you're inside, man, it's just uh, it's a spectacular car. I'm, uh, I'm glad that, uh, that Mazda got this car to me. I love driving it. I can't wait to do the full review. I can't wait for you, Nathan, to see this. We'll have to figure something out um, to, to get you a look at it. And, um, and just uh, a, a, a good, fun car. Not, a, not an SUV. <laughs> not a, uh, you know, a high-performance $90,000 know, Corvette or anything like that. Uh, you know, an attainable car that you can go out and buy and have some fun driving. I can't wait to uh, to hit the curbs on chucking a drive or to, you know, go up uh, in the backwoods up by Darrington and take this thing and jump on it a little bit and have some fun with it. Uh, that's really what I find with Mazda is they put, um, they pack fun into their vehicles, right? That is, uh, yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Uh, quickly, I want you to pay special attention to something uh, that, um, you know, our friend Jesse Jones over at Cairo 7 uh, has been doing a lot of work on this insurance bill uh, that is uh, going through or, or they're trying to railroad it through where they can't use your credit report to... Um, determine your insurance rates uh, because it unfairly targets senior citizens. It unfairly targets people who have been bankrupt, people who have had problems. Uh, I don't know if there's any actuarial evidence to say that those people cost the insurance companies more in claims uh, than uh, the average Joe, you know, Bellevue. Or something like that. I don't. I don't know that that's a that that's a factor, uh, but that shouldn't. You know, your your credit report. I I don't feel it's fair. Uh, maybe you feel differently, uh, but Jesse Jones uh, over at uh, Channel Seven has done a great job of reporting on this, and done a, a, an extremely good job of uncovering. Uh, that there was a great bill that was going to go through that would have banned this, and that the insurance industry and legislators got together and stripped the bill out. Uh, the insurance industry uh, people went down there and said, we're not going to have any of this, hang on a second, and rewrote Senate Bill 5010. It was supposed to end the use of credit scores to determine insurance sales. Now it just freezes your credit score uh, on the low end. So if your credit score goes up, you know, you'll, um, but you, if your credit score goes up, maybe you'll, your rates will go down. But if you're having as many people in, uh, not only in Washington, in the country you're experiencing right now, if, you, if you're having financial difficulty, why should your, uh, your insurance rates go up? Now, if they can say, you had this claim and you had that claim and you had this claim, I can see it. If you, if you do it on claim-based um, uh, uh, numbers, then I see it. But if you are purely looking at somebody's credit score, I know lots of people have low credit scores, that are exemplary citizens. Your life should not be determined on your credit score. What it should determine is how much money you can borrow, and that's it. But more and more today, with the use of electronics and computers and so on and so forth, our life is not um, determined by our own record. It's determined by a record uh, that is purely subjective, that is purely... Um, something that sometimes you don't have any control over. And what about identity theft? And what about those things that sometimes feel impossible to fix? Uh, you ever try to fix your credit score? You ever try to get something straightened out? 
Nah, it doesn't work. So pay attention to this. Uh, again, this is, a, this is something that's been brought to, uh, to our attention uh, by Jesse Jones, who does a wonderful job. I actually really should have called him and got him on the show with us, uh, but I did. That's my bad. But again, Senate Bill 5010 is uh, the bill, and you should call up your legislator and tell them and say, don't gut that bill and get your friends to call. And get people to drive cars to call. And tell your senator that if you got this bill and it goes that way and that's how it, it winds up, that you'll remember an election time. They pay attention to that stuff, folks. Don't think that uh, because all this other stuff is going on, uh, uh, Republicans and Democrats, that the legislators still don't pay attention to what you say. Because they do. And more importantly, uh, and, and listen, I know about this stuff. I know that if you open up your mouth and you call your legislator and you pick up your phone and you talk to them, that they take it into account. How do you think we got the uh, baseball park and the football stadium built? Remember, those two teams were leaving town. And people rose up and they said, wait a minute, this would be an injustice. No matter what the, the, you look at on television, no matter what you feel, there is still power in your email, still power in your telephone call, still power in your vote. And if you lie silent and... What you think may never happen to you happens to you, which is uh, you run into a, a set of bad circumstances and all of a sudden that beautiful credit score of, you know, 700 and whatever drops down into the fours because uh, you have medical bills with this bill or that bill or you can't pay your bills on time because you lost your job. It could be you that gets the letter that says that your insurance rates have gone up because your credit report has gone down. That's um, that's not a good thing in my book. All right. Um, tell you what, we won't take a break here, but do, do please uh, read Jesse Jones' um, articles on this. He's done a great job of um, taking a look at this subject and... Uh, you know, getting people uh, aroused about it, getting people uh, upset about it, which is what you should be. This is not politics. This is just human life. It uh, doesn't matter if you're a legislator or, or how you feel, Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative. It doesn't matter because they don't ask you what party you belong to when you buy your insurance. And it's such a very important thing that we... Uh, you know, because we all have to have insurance on our cars. And I just thought it was important enough to spend time on it this morning and uh, give you the ability to uh, pick up your phone, pick up your uh, a pen, or get on your um, computer and let your local state legislator, your state senator especially, uh, know how you feel about this situation. You have the power to do something about it. Because, to, you know, and listen, I'm, I'm not stupid. I know that legislators um, use industry lobbyists all the time to write bills. So I'm not, I, I mean, I don't think that should be what happens, but, um, I, you know, I, I accept that as part of politics in this state and really in many states. Uh, but what I don't accept is the fact that they take a bill that's a good bill and they let the insurance industry run over the consumers and run over people uh, that can ill afford it right now. Uh, and again, the next person that they could be 
uh, you know, whose credit score, you know, could dive, could be you. And I've been there, and I know what that feels like. And to get that letter is, is, that your uh, insurance rates are going up by a hundred a month or fifty months, uh, you know, uh, again, doesn't happen as much in beautiful Bellevue, or uh, you know, in, in in you know the better parts of town. But if you're black, if you're Spanish, if you're older, if you don't have a credit record anymore, um, it happens. Your credit score goes down if you decided that you don't want to use credit anymore uh, because you're in a place where, you know, you can uh, you, you don't need credit cards anymore. You have everything, all the crap that you want, and uh, except for maybe a bigger screen TV because you can't see the thing anymore, you know. So uh, get on the stick with this, please, and don't let the insurance companies uh, run roughshod over all of us, uh, all of us who, you know, who drive, who get out there, okay, all right, sorry that I'm, um, sorry that I rambled on a little bit about that, but I just feel it's so important to people that we, uh, that, that, that we get our voices heard as a, as a consumer, um, as a group of consumers, we have the power. All right, you're listening to Drive Time Radio um, here on 1150 KKNW. Uh, by the way, a couple of things I want to do for house cleaning. We'll do a, uh, a review of the Lexus LX570 next week. We'll uh, we'll get that review review for you next week because we're. Uh, uh, but you can see uh, we put the goodbye video up on our uh, Facebook page at Drive Time Radio and TV. And so you can see my uh, my snowstorm journey with the uh, Lexus LX. You can stay in touch with us at that Drive Time Radio and TV um, Facebook page. It's the, the best way to get a hold of us and to keep in contact. We post content up there during the week, uh, things we see about the cars uh, uh, that we like. The one thing I really liked about the Lexus LX was the cool box. Oh, the cool box. Uh, it's actually a little refrigerator right in the middle uh, console. And you pick that up, you turn the cool box on, and your Sammy, and your Sody, and everything stays nice and cold for you. you. Close the top, and you take that nice ride, and everything is nice and, and cool for you. All right, that will put it in the books for another edition of Drive Time. Nathan, thank you so much for making things run uh, so smoothly. I hope you got some information out of the uh, program. And remember, as I said, you can always find us online on Facebook at Drive Time Radio and TV and online at drivetime-radio.com. Until next Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, if the laws will and the creek don't rise, we will be here, you will be there, and it will be Drive Time Radio. Thank you so much for listening.